Yo, Eric, what's up, my man? You can unmute yourself. Hey, what's up, man? Good to finally have you on. I know our schedules have not been working out, but I really wanted to have you on because I know you're super intelligent. We politically align. You're social media savvy. We follow a lot of the same, a lot of the same things, all the IDW shit, all the uh, the political contrarian stuff, and the the psychedelic and the spiritual and philosophy stuff. We have some similar ideas about, and we're both massive hip hop fans. So yeah, it's great to fans. it's great to fucking connect with you and, and have somebody who's actually a hip hop scholar. You're one of those people. <laughs> I consider myself one of those people. Mm -hmm. I, I would say I probably have a master's in hip hop. You probably have a PhD. <laughs> so PhD, Harvard hip hop scholar Eric Electrons is here. Welcome. <laughs> what an intro! Thank you, man. <laughs> I know. I I definitely scripted that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> on the fly. All right, Kendrick. Kendrick, first impressions. Um, listen, this Kendrick album, I have conflicting ideas about, about the music behind it and about his approach. It's definitely not on the scale of his previous albums, which are like so many songs off of To Pimp a Butterfly and Damn were like biblical allegories, like retelling of... Uh, the story of Jonah or, or this story of Lucifer, like so many interesting things. And then tying that into his own life with, with gangs and crime and drugs and his own tale about escaping a city of madness, a city with rampant violence and transcending that through the help of Jesus and spirituality and transcending his environment. Like those stories that he's told on previous albums are incredible and they're honestly akin to like like Shakespeare's sonnets. Like they're so dense. There's just so much there um, that you can, that I, like all throughout high school, I would just pick apart Kendrick songs because there was so much beautiful cinematic storytelling. It felt like every song was like a chapter in a novel. And Kendrick is not a rapper. He is a storyteller. He is a filmmaker. He is a poet. He's an author. He's a novelist. And so I have impossible standards for him because those are the standards he's created. He's a transcendental figure, honestly, like beyond music. So all, all of that being true, th this album for me um, was, was interesting in that there's Kendrick's going to therapy now. It seems like he's like fully exhausted what religion has to offer, which is interesting because I've been thinking a lot about this in my own life, about religion and mental health and spirituality and, and like psychedelics on the side for me as well. And Kendrick, who is a super devout Christian who has so many songs about um, the Bible and how it's helped him uh, transcend his environment here on this album, it's less, it's far less biblical. It's far less religious and far more about therapy and multiple songs, him talking about uh, him not wanting to go to therapy and then his girlfriend kind of, or his wife rather pushing him and nudging him to go to therapy and then him doing, and then him starting meditation with Eckhart Tolle 
who is a famous mystic meditation teacher and author. I, re- I really want to read his books, and I think I'll get into that in the next few weeks and months. Um, but uh, th- that was super interesting to see somebody of that caliber come on the come on the album and feature a few times and give these beautiful pieces of wisdom scattered throughout the album for Kendrick to kind of internalize and to dissect and apply in his life. It's like Eckhart Tolle is this like guru figure who's on the album, a guru who's giving these insights to Kendrick. And then Kendrick is rapping about these very personal tales about trauma and buried emotion and his unconscious mind and things that maybe he wasn't getting out of religion anymore. And he, while remaining a devout Christian and he mentions on the album how for two years he had writer's block and couldn't write anything. And then he asked God to speak to him. And then he's like, what you're listening to right now is God speaking through me. He, he wouldn't speak th- through me for a couple of years. And then I went to therapy and meditation and got into a more kind of universal spirituality. And then that's inspired this deep body of work that is s- super personal and kind of like psychotherapeutic as a whole which again very interesting because that's kind of the path i'm on right now it it relates to me on so many levels so um i I know there's a lot to talk about here we could spend hours talking about kendrick I'm, i'm just throwing you kind of my initial thoughts so feel free to respond to that however you want and give your own kind of cursory thoughts about what you think yeah, I, I had a very um, similar uh, experience listening to it on the first go. Um, first of all, with Kendrick, he kind of gives you a um, theme with every album. So, like, you know, with Section 80, he was talking about systemic racism and, and different systems and, and how that is. And, you know, he gets conspiratorial, too. And then... Um, on his debut album, Good Kid, Mad City, he goes more so into uh, his childhood. And he talks about, um, you know, the gang politics in L.A. and then how that is and, and the consequences of, of everything um, in his life up to the point where, you know, he is now, which is like this rising star that's about to make it. And then um, to Pimp a Butterfly, um, I would say like he he goes more into the empowerment route and and he does like that type of thing and and you know he has those beautiful songs like you say it's it's kind of Shakespearean in a way um, th- like the stories he tells and um, and damn to me that was more it felt like to me a more mainstream effort and I actually like this new album better than damn um, and and the reason why is because of of just you can tell that he was knocking off the rust of his uh writer's block and and you could tell like he wasn't like he was just kind of like filling himself in 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 a way and um but he also d- dig deep into you know everything that he was going through personally and and we got to see um you know a rare glimpse of what it's like for someone to be on top and and then to have to deal with all that that comes with it and all that pressure that obviously led him to his writer's block. So that was really interesting. But, um, you know, I, I really liked the album and, and I'm still um, consuming it. I'm still, 
you know, making my mind up about where it, it, it where I place it with his other projects. But it, it gave me, it gave me a lot of uh, Section 80 vibes for some reason. Um, but uh, yeah, that, I would say that's just my initial first thought when when it came to um, his new album. Hmm. Nice, nice. And I should clarify where I'm at with this album. So what I just said to you earlier, that was kind of my just personal visceral feelings about where Kendrick is at and how that relates to me. And the inclusion of, of a meditation teacher, I thought was super interesting just right off the bat. That's kind of just a broad feeling I have about where Kendrick is at as a human being and the path that he's on with therapy, mental health, meditation, kind of looking for things that aren't to be found within religion per se. All of that being said, I I hate to say this. I, I really do because I feel like I'm ripping on my guru. I'm ripping on one of my biggest inspirations. Many people don't know. Eric, you don't know this, but my the writing that I've done on race and crime, re- reporting on uh, last year, like for example, I was reporting on Minneapolis and how homicides rose by 70 to 80% um, after police retreated from George Floyd because of all of that anti-police sentiment. And I interviewed people in Minneapolis and, and they were majority black people that I interviewed and then telling me about their stories of gang violence and like all of this stuff, all this writing on crime that Megan Kelly and then Joe Rogan ended up reading some of those articles, like all of this interest in crime and race for me, it all came from Kendrick in high school. Without Kendrick, I would not have been so interested in this specific problem of race and of crime, intergenerational trauma and poverty and and gang politics. So, So Kendrick is a massive inspiration and in many ways the genesis for his music is the genesis for who I am today as a writer and a creator and a journalist. I, I just have to acknowledge that to get to get that out of the way and pay my dues. But with this album, I'm honestly really disappointed with where it's going, with what it is. The the lyricism on this album I find to be not on par with Damn or To Pimp a Butterfly or Good Kid Mad City. Um, it's really inconsistent in my view. S- some of the songs have a really strong purpose, like Auntie Diaries, uh, Mr. Morale, N95, super cool song about um, t- lifting your mask off, lifting your uh, your pretenses off and, uh, and your celebrity worship and all these different things that we take for granted, like ripping them off and realizing like, like what reality is. That's kind of the theme of that song. Auntie Diaries about his experiences with family members who are LGBTQ, really heartfelt song. And there are a number of these songs that have a really strong focus. This is Savior and Mirror, Mother I Sober. Those are probably my favorite songs. But songs like Rich Spirit, Die Hard, and Count Me Out, Silent Hill, the Savior Interlude, I kind of find weird. Those songs to me, the, the lyricism on those songs, I think vastly pales the lyricism on To Pimp a Butterfly 
and Good Kid, Mad City, and Damn. Like with Damn and To Pimp a Butterfly, even if certain songs I like better than others, and maybe a few songs that I don't musically resonate with, it's like nine out of 10 songs are like masterpieces, you know, like from To Pimp a Butterfly, like every song was packed with a beautiful story, a beautiful message, you know, Wesley's theory, that opening track for free. That's the second track, King Kunta. I'm just going through the, the TPAB list here to remind myself. Institutionalized, incredible. These Walls, incredible. You is about depression. All right is uplifting yourself. The song For Sale is about Lucy, the evils of Lucy. Tempting Kendrick. Mama is about returning to a place of recognition and his uh, experience of uh, seeing this child in South Africa and connecting with him on a deeper level. And then hood politics, self-explanatory. How much a dollar cost is an incredible story. And I, I wrote about this in my English class about Kendrick meeting this homeless guy who he didn't give money to. And then it's a, it's a beautiful biblical allegory. The song Complexion about race, the black or the berry, about hypocrisy within the black community and BLM. You ain't got to lie. I, mortal man, very similar to that. Um, I could do the same thing with Good Kid, Mad City, and Damn. But with this album, it's just far less consistent in my view. And it's it's really underwhelming for me that some of these songs, the, the, the lyrics, to, to be more precise, the lyrics seem more brief, less fleshed out. There's less storytelling. And, and, th and that could be, and that's, and that's fine in itself. Like that could be interesting if you want to have a more to the point, concise kind of poetic and brief um, storytelling. That's, that's interesting. But a lot of these tracks, the lyrics just seem kind of meaningless and, and not as interesting and lacking some life. Um, and, and the, and I think the main problem for me is also that, the lyricism falls short, but as in general, you could say with the music, if you're, if the lyrics are weak, you can make up for it with incredible instrumentation and instrumentally, this album doesn't have a lot of songs that are musically gratifying, gratifying to the ears that I want to listen to over and over again. Like for me, the only songs that I'm listening to over and over again, because I jam with them are mirror, Savior, N95, Die Hard, uh, Mr. Morale, uh, and maybe one other one. So that's out of 18 songs, it's like like seven songs or six songs I'm playing on repeat. The rest of them are not musically appealing to me, and they seriously fall short. And so musically, I think this is a really weak album. Um, just in instrumentation on Good Kid, Mad City, Damn, and To Pimp a Butterfly, all super different. But th the music was so rich, so powerful, so layered, so different, so distinct and unique in each album. And I can just go back and play the majority of songs on Good Kid, Mad City, and To Pimp a Butterfly, and Damn, and not even care about the lyrics and just jam to them because I love the music and I love the way they evoke certain emotions for me. 
And I, I just love playing those songs on repeat. Whereas with this, with Mr. Morale, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of trauma. There's interesting stuff for sure. But musically, I'm not like just resonating with the music. And again, the lyrics to me seriously fall short on a lot of these songs. So again, I'm, I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you because we're also going to be kind of brief in this episode. But but tell me where you agree or disagree with the mess I just made. <laughs> no, I, I really resonate with the fact that um, you connect through Kendrick through like uh, like like through your work now, like like how you said um, you used to write about um, Kendrick, and then that got you interested in the subject of like you know, the homicide raid and all that other stuff. Um, There's a way that I relate to Kendrick, especially early on, and and why Good Kid, Mad City was very um, relatable to me. His role in in his neighborhood was very similar to my role in my neighborhood and how I grew up. I grew up around a lot of gangs. I grew up around a lot of, you know, bad stuff too i mean in the bay area it's less like la it's not about colors it's more so about like blocks and hoods like you know it would be like 400 block versus 600 block and so on and so forth or el pueblo projects versus uh uh downtown or something you know i mean it's that's how the politics were there um and I, i had a lot of friends that were within that lifestyle but i was never in that lifestyle and um because i one i didn't have to and two you know luckily i had my parents who you know were in my life and and they told me about the consequences of that lifestyle and to me kendrick seems to have that um that that foresight in a way and on good kid mad city he shows that um he shows not not only the the, um, the glamour of of that lifestyle, but he also shows the consequences, and he does it in a beautiful way. And on this new album, I, I don't get that same magic. And I think, and and I agree with I agree with you that there aren't the, the lyrics aren't up to par. Um, musically, it's not up to par. But thank you, thank yeah. you, people have been. <laughs> People have been disagreeing with me left and right. Yeah, I, I think they're too excited. But, but, yeah. Yeah, I think they think they're too excited that he's back. So, of course, they're just going to, you know, yeah. praise everything that he does. But, I mean... like, And, and, and before you go on, I just want to say, like, you're, you're bang on with, with the word magic. Like, when mm-hmm. I think of To Pimp a Butterfly, Good Kid, Mad City, and even Damn, there's, like, a mystique around it. It's like, like that represents this distinct almost like spiritual energy like good kid mad city that evokes something so powerful to me not not just lyrically and conceptually and culturally and in terms of the criminality the violence like but also just the 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 time that i was listening to that album didn't relate to crime or violence but like the period of my life i relate to that album and that evokes certain powerful memories for me. There's that magic, that mystique around Good Kid, Mad City for me, and especially To Pimp a Butterfly. To Pimp a Butterfly was kind of my uh, cultural, intellectual awakening because I was sort of uh, 
just, you know, in school and following the traditional patterns of you know, math class, English class, math, English, history, blah, blah, blah. But this, this was like an awakening of like transcendental art. This was like art in its purest form. It's like I met Shakespeare or some great philosopher all of a sudden. And it sounds, it sounds really good. It sounds incredible. And the lyrics are incredible. And so each of those albums is like a, it's like a movie to me or a novel. And I, yeah, it takes a, you somewhere. There, yeah, and it, it, there's that magic. And, and with all of those albums, too, there's a chronological order as well. There's a narrative, yeah. which is also an additional thing. But, but I think a large part of that mystique comes from just the music. Like I was saying, the music on each of those albums is so different but incredible to me. With here, and I, I want to let you finish your thoughts about where you agreed or disagreed. Here, I'm not feeling that magic. I'm not feeling that larger than life. I'm feeling like, really? Like, this is the music? Like, this is where he went? Like, I was expecting, um, based on some rumors, that Kendrick was going in a rock direction. He was going to start making a bit of rock-influenced hip-hop, which I guess did not turn out to be true. <laughs> but I was, I was just expecting something that would knock me out of my feet and I would go, holy shit, I can't believe I'm listening to this. Like, like these are the standards that he's created. When you make T-Pab and Good Kid, Mad City and Damn, and you're away for five years, somebody like me and you, we're going to expect to hear an instant classic. We're going to expect to hear a masterpiece, a Shakespearean body of work. We're going to like, I was like, like I was thinking this is going to be like another movie. There's going to be characters. There's going to be skits. There's going to be a narrative. The music is going to be like out of this world. The, the lyrics, the concepts, it's all going to be like, and I'm not feeling that. So anyway, I'll, I'll let you finish what, what your thoughts are on this album. Yeah. Yeah. Not only do you not feel that, but he doesn't dive as deep as he usually dives. Like then that that's, I think that's the overall problem because okay, you had this writer's block, you you took all this time, you're observing everything, you see all the protests that are going on, and, and you're viewing that, you, you're seeing all these rappers come up and die down and do all this stuff, um, you know, while you're away, like, dive deep into it, you know, like, give us a timeline of of where you started and, and, and where you got lost and how you came back we learned about that through some lines but we didn't really learn about it through like the deep narratives that he usually does in his songs and, and where you, you're taken on a journey and and like i said before it didn't have that sonic magic and it didn't have that lyrical magic that it usually had but i give him a little slack on a lyrical magic because he you know he had writer's block and and to me that's to, like it's just like if you didn't write an article for like four years or something like that you know what i mean like you would be a little rusty um and I, I his rust obviously showed i just i just wish he went deeper and and like you said i think you you said it perfectly we, if you're a kendrick fan every album you're not expecting just great lyrics you're expecting great um music sonically and I heard rumors of the rock stuff too, but I also heard rumors of him heavily sampling like seventies funk and 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 doing that type of stuff as well. And I, I thought he would go there, but this album sounded like a whole bunch of like 
J. Cole throwaways or, or Kanye throwaways that just didn't make it onto the album. And uh, it, it was just, it, it was a letdown in that area. Um, I think I liked the album a lot more than you did. Like, for instance, um, I really liked the catchiness of Father Time and, and with Sanfa. I think Sanfa was a, a great addition and, and I wish they collaborated a lot agree. more. I fully agree with you on Father Time. Great song. The, the, the instrumental, I think, was a, a tad weak, but with Sanfa, yeah. he, Sanfa kills it. And the message of that song drives it home. Like that, like that was T-Pab level lyricism on yeah. Father Time. And and I'm going to go on a quick tangent before I let you finish your thoughts. But Father Time was all about repressed emotions in childhood, parents not acknowledging your emotions, telling you to tough it up, live with it, don't be a baby, don't be a bitch, just keep on moving in life. Like that's a very, maybe that's kind of a black hood mentality when you're dealing with poverty and trauma and violence. But that's also a very like immigrant mentality that I felt. That's a very that's pretty common. You kind of hear those kind of things within Indian households, especially, but with kind of Asian households in general, there's a less of a There's less room for therapy for talking about like, why are you hurting? Why are like, where's all this anxiety coming from? Where's all this pain and inner turmoil coming from? There, there's no room for that. It's just, you know, go do your, do go to your math homework, go, you know, be the best soccer player, the best violin player and become, you know, get straight A's, go to college and then go to Harvard and become a lawyer or a scientist or blah, blah, blah. Um, so I, I really related to that, Ken, to that song, Father Time, which Kendrick is now acknowledging his childhood, his repressed emotions and how that is still haunting him. And unlike Good Kid, Mad City and To Pimp a Butterfly, because he's seeing a therapist now and he's doing therapy, which I've just started doing therapy. Um, I, th I think I may have told you this, Eric, offline. I don't know. But this is kind of the direction I'm going in as a writer, too, writing about my powerful psychedelic trips paired with counseling, which is huge. So to see Kendrick take that step, even though it, it took his wife, Whitney, to be like, hey, dude, you need therapy. Um, I, I still commend him for taking that step. And the insights on father time him kind of psychoanalyzing that he never felt his emotions as a kid and, and his parents disregarded his emotions because of their behavior, but also because of the uh, socioeconomic status they had and the environment that he was in. All of that I think is really deeply profound. And I think I'm going to have on my friend, Carson Kavari, who's uh, a, a counselor uh, clinician and he, he's the psychedelic integration therapist that I've uh, worked with. Uh, I think I'm going to have him on and just talk about the implications of that song. Anyways, that's just a brief tangent to say father time is incredible, but uh, sorry, I'll, I'll let you continue again, Eric, what you were talking about in general about um, how about you? I think you were saying you like this album more than I do probably. Yeah. 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 I definitely like the album more. Um, and and like you said on Father Time, it, it talked about his daddy issues because that's how he starts off like every verse and talk talking about like, you know, not showing emotions and, and stuff. And part of me wonders if if uh, therapy has anything to do with 
um, the failings of creativity on this album. I mean, I'm not saying that, like, you know, it's bad that he's getting therapy, obviously. Like, we love that. But when you think of, like, really great artists and really great art, like, in hip-hop in general, let's say Lil Wayne or Eminem, when they were at their worst, usually, like, that's when they made, like, some of their arguably best stuff. And I wonder if that's the case for Kendrick here. Like, what if moving forward, this kind of um, uh, mature and, uh, uh, I don't know, how would you say, like, almost pacified Kendrick is like the new Kendrick. And maybe we'll see, like, an evolution of this to where he he you know, go deeper into this. But um, I, I kind of thought about that as I was listening to the album for like the third time. I was like, what if the, the therapy and, it, and everything that, you know, he's been going through and, and the fact that he felt lost to the point where he couldn't write anymore, what if that was the reason why um, he, you know, didn't perform as well lyrically? But... I don't know, maybe maybe that could be just, you know, just me thinking or overthinking, but um, I, I I like the, the catchiness on, on a lot of the album. Um, the, the track that I really didn't understand and, and I just thought shouldn't have been on the album at all was Purple Hearts. Like, to me, that, that song was so out of place and it didn't make sense musically, um lyrically it it just it did like it has summer walker and ghostface killer which i was initially very excited about but when i heard the song i was just like what in the world like this it, it sounded like a throwaway and i think he had too many throwaways on his album that that was another thing that i i didn't like about the album um i thought savior should have been high, higher on the album um it, you know, it, it definitely came too late at the end. Um, the song mm -hmm. with Blast, um, uh, the song with Blast to me, it it um, it was like one of those like West Coast songs. You know, um, to me, well, Blast. Sorry, well, which song? Uh, Die Hard. Oh, yep, yeah, yeah. Die Hard. Uh, good example of for me, the lyricism falling short. A little bit, mm -hmm. but then the, the the beat I eventually kind of started liking, and I, I think it is a good song. But yeah, you know, yeah, lyrically, yeah. it's not damn good, good, Mad City, or definitely not, definitely not. To me, that's like his his Nate Dog like song. You know, if Nate Dog was alive, it, it was just like a, a anthem for the radio or something like that. But it didn't do all that to, for me. Um, but yeah, there was just so so many, and then the one thing that Kendrick does on each and every album, he always makes like some type of uh, reference track for like uh, Tupac or some type of like tribute track to something related to Tupac. Um, one good example is um, Poetic Justice, you know, with Drake, like like that whole song, and then the fact that he sampled Janet Jackson and. And um, he named the song after the movie, which features uh, Tupac and Janet Jackson. Um, on this album, it was We Cry Together. And I'm not sure if you've ever seen the, the movie Poetic Justice before, but there's a 
very well-known scene in Poetic Justice where Tupac and Janet Jackson, they're riding in the um, the postal van and Tupac confronts Janet Jackson about why she's being like very standoffish and she's not being friendly and they argue. And, and then the way they argue is very similar to the way that he's arguing with uh, the, the, the female that's in We Cry Together. And, um, and he, he repeats those same lines, you know, like, like FUB, like, like type of thing, like back and forth. Cause that, that's what they do. I'll try to show you that, um, scene after, uh, all this, but I, I really found that to be interesting. But, um, yeah, other than that, um, you know, I, I, I really don't know where to rate this album yet. Like I said, I have to listen fully a couple more times, even though I already listened to it like five times all the way through um maybe maybe more but uh yeah mm-hmm. I, I, i'm really not sure where i place this yet yeah and uh there's a few interesting things you said there uh the song savior which we can talk about in a minute if you want um love love that song you you you, you were saying you like it right yeah yeah i love that song i thought it should have been higher in, in the the track list yeah, Savior, incredible song. And I feel like we could spend an hour talking about the theme of that song. I don't know if you caught the BLM references. Yeah. Um, in the song. Definitely. Did, did you catch it? Yeah. The, the no name, no name, I, th- I think it was, she was shitting on rappers during uh, July 2020 for not speaking out enough. And especially with Kendrick, there was, there were even a couple of articles in different magazines and shit that were, just dunking on him and being like, why is this like hero, this poster boy for BLM that we wanted? Why is he silent? Why isn't he giving some big political statement, you know? And I was, and I was a little afraid, like what if Kendrick just goes full on woke and (sighs) fucking just makes this statement about white supremacy and just raises his fist and I'm standing against white supremacy and the patriarchy and fucking all police officers are pigs. Like, he didn't do that, thank goodness. I, I was almost like, he's getting so politically and socially pressured, but he didn't. And um, I don't want to go into too many tangents because it is late and we want to keep this a little concise. But um, if, if you maybe have some brief thoughts, we can uh, maybe kind of, you know, I, I should also say um, probably next week or the week after, I think there's a few people I'm in touch with and we're going to do like a very close kind of examination of the of the themes of the album and that's a big theme and eric maybe we'll have you on again to get into some of those bigger questions and those bigger themes about kendrick kind of renouncing this this social and political profit status that he has on the album yeah which I, I, think love is, that. I think i think that's very profound and we can kind of break that down yeah yeah i would love that and i think he was doing yeah. that throughout the whole album where he was like poking fun at like the the activist and, and, and all of the protests and BLM stuff. And he was pointing out the hypocrisy in, in it all. So, um, I like that he did that. And of course, like we heard him, uh, kind of poke fun at it in, uh, baby Keem's, um, features on him for his album. I'm, I'm not sure if it was a family, family tie. ties. Yeah. I'm not sure what did he was, say? I can't, I can't remember. Um, was he, taking he said, yeah, yeah, he said something about overnight activists, um, like oh, I think, okay. yeah, I, f- I forgot what exactly what he said, but I think he said after 
overnight activist, blah, 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 like type of thing. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that um, next time. We'll go into the deeper political stuff about the album, which I think is, is really profound as just just at its substantial core. That is very interesting to me as somebody who's a, this, who's been elevated to the level of cultural profit and not by, not just by people like pushing that on him, but him like with TPAB, that is a very uh, potent album. Good Kid, Mad City. Like these are very personal albums, but they do have a kind of political significance. uh, Even if that, ultimately is has more of a personal moral and spiritual significance but he's definitely elevated himself to a speaker of the people uh, somebody who represents the common man who represents the you know, especially somebody in a gang-ridden environment what that's like he represents something very profound and for him to be a cultural leader is important and on this album he's, he's renouncing that and and uh anyway we, we can talk deeper into that um next time i think but um, to, to go back to just kind of the general vibe about this album, uh, I wanted to comment on one thing you were saying earlier, which was interesting, that maybe because Kendrick, uh, to paraphrase what you were saying, maybe because Kendrick has really figured things out and he's doing all this therapy and working through his problems and coming to some level of peace, maybe that's creating for less interesting and conflict-driven kind of spicy art, you know, it's, it's a little pacifistic. Um, I, I don't think that characterization is accurate. Um, I, I actually had similar thoughts about that in terms of Kanye. I thought with him coming to Jesus and founding, finding so much meaning and depth within Christianity created for a very dry, uninteresting, uninspired album, Jesus is King. And I think Donda is very uninspiring. Uh, even though now the Kanye world is so fucked up and it's so tumultuous, but, but I thought the album Jesus, Jesus is King was the product of him kind of being too figured out and being too happy with Jesus and Christianity. He was so happy as a family man, as a Christian man that we got this very like dry piece of art that isn't, yeah, super, yeah. Juice, and- super, isn't super juicy and doesn't have all of that intense, and- like sexual drama and, all exactly these deep conflicts like I, I i agree with you there and even um, even with kanye yeah. i think kanye is yeah. a perfect example too of of someone who like in his worst moments that's when his magnum opus of uh you know dark twisted my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out you know um and and or 808 and heartbreaks both of those after really crazy times in his life versus the Jesus is King where he thinks he has things figured out and you know he's getting help that he needs and all this other stuff it's very uninspiring so I wonder for Kendrick if this is that project for him you know and I wonder if it's just he's just at a place where he's so content that he didn't push the boundaries um yeah you know consciously or subconsciously okay yeah so this is where I think I I'm still thinking about this and I know you're still thinking about this. So these are still kind of cursory thoughts and we'll continue to have this conversation and see how it evolves and see if we change our minds. 
But I don't think that is really the case at all. I think there could be this element of he's so like rich and famous and insulated from violence and crime and poverty that that sort of uh, uh, prevents him from being in more conflict oriented situations. You know, like Good Kid, Mad City is all about that. But but I mean, like, but T Pab, he's super famous and not. In the, in the gang environment at all, and we got. I was just about to say same that. With, same with Dam, but but there still could be something there of like when you've been famous for that long, maybe you kind of dry out. You know, you're you're living in a mansion, you're living with a beautiful wife, and you got kids, and you got your face, and what kind of conflict there is. But um, so so I think there could be something there, but I think I fundamentally disagree with what you said because i think he's through his therapy he's unlocking all this trauma all this regret this guilt this shame and as uh cole kuchna the host of dissect podcast he was talking about this on his podcast the other day how he was so stunned and i was so stunned to see kendrick talk about his infidelity towards the end of the album and i think some point in uh, in the first half as well, Kendrick talking about cheating on his wife and also his, his porn addiction, I, th- I think he was saying, or his addiction to uh, texting other other hot girls. Yeah, that was very surprising for me too. His, I didn't but, think he, was, he would admit that. But his, his infidelities um, with Whitney, like that is, that is some fucked up shit that I did not expect from Kendrick. I, I would expect him to be more figured out and more spiritual, more culturally... Or, or sorry, not culturally, but more morally elevated. Nah, he's from Compton. Something like that. I know how them Compton guys are. <laughs> I, I, yeah, <laughs> but but I, I did not expect that of him. But but he's going through some shit. Okay, he's he's struggling with a lot of stuff. Um, with uh, definitely infidelities, his childhood trauma, his emotions, buried emotions, um, and his kind of savior complex breaking apart. So I feel like there's ample conflict. There's still a lot of personal difficulties going through as, as expressed by him going to therapy and still figuring himself out. So I'm curious what you make of this, but kind of what I was thinking in my very optimistic and maybe kind of naive way was like, maybe this album is kind of the end of him struggling through his personal shit to some degree. Cause I think he's also, you know, all, all of his previous work is super driven by Christianity. That's kind of like the underlying narrative to a lot of these things is his Christian worldview, which is very powerful and beautiful, even though I'm not Christian. But, but I, I, I love his kind of religious impulse, very similar to kind of Jordan Peterson and the way he talks about the Bible. But I think on here, he's now making a leap from just like religion to now therapy to him actually going into his childhood and looking into his mind because again I, I relate on this deeply i think religion only takes you so far and inner healing you know meditation psychedelic therapy having a really good counselor and processing parts of your unconscious mind that i think can do more than possibly religion can in many ways so, so i think kendrick is taking this big leap um not to just like I, I feel like he's gotten there spiritually and religiously. Now he's go, going there uh, 
I don't know what the word would be, but like unconsciously, psychologically, he's now healing these deep wounds. He has these open wounds that he's been trying to fill with the the spirit and the myth of Jesus, which is beautiful. But now he's actually, but now he's still depressed. And and I know many people like this in my life who are conservative Christians who are still dealing with a lot of shit because their minds are so depressed and anxious and they have so much like they have PTSD and anxiety. So, so Kendrick is making this big leap towards inner healing with therapy and with Eckhart Tolle. He, he mentions meditation a few times on the album, which I think is super fucking cool. So I feel like maybe this is, he's like kind of at the end of like processing all this shit in his life. And he's kind of closing these deep wounds through therapy, through spirituality, through meditation. So now I'm like looking into the future a little bit and maybe I'm jumping ahead too much here for you, but I feel like maybe the next album is now going to be like a, a broad uh, philosophical and political observation about society. It's going to be more societal. It's going to be like, this is what's fucked up about society. It's like spiritually, morally, this is what's wrong with our political institutions and and, and even just spiritually, what's wrong with how we like interact with people and social media, like much more grand and on a societal level, kind of like TPAB was. I feel like now maybe he's, this is like to, to some degree, because obviously your, you know, your inner struggles, they never go away. There's always suffering in life, but, but I feel like maybe he's now, this is like peak suffering for him. Like he's just going through and psychologically looking at these things and maybe the next album will get a broader kind of cosmic or spiritual or more political um, themed album that is about him maybe going back into this uh, prophet kind of uh, role that he's been playing in, or, or rather that he's kind of renounced in this album. Maybe he'll kind of come back to that and create like actual more uh, narrative driven cinematic kind of art where it's every song is a masterpiece i feel like in this album the word that comes to mind is perfunctory so meaning lacking effort i feel like a lot of these tracks are kind of perfunctory it's just putting his shit out there and it's kind of unfinished it's a little unpolished it's not as like shakespearean it's not as like like it's not how much a dollar costs it's not for sale it's not uh it's not pride or or love or humble or fear or feel from damn or from any anything from good kid bad city it's not like each song isn't this like grand statement about himself or others although there are a couple of those songs in there like i was saying like four or five songs i think are are brilliant but the majority of the album falls short so um again let, let me uh I'll, I'll i'll let you talk now and give me your thoughts on what i just said here no i think you're right about um uh a lot of things there one thing that you said that i think is very very important is um i i, th I think his his therapy will unearth a lot of things and i think you know we'll get a lot more of that in the future but I think it would be more fleshed out and, and more thought out. Because, again, like, I, I really think it's important. We keep in mind 
he he went through a period of writer's block and you know creatively um that's no joke you know especially for all those years so for him and then to do that with uh, with with rap with hip hop like it's hard you know for a performer to to go through writer's block and to not like record or do anything and he's not like a drake where you know he's recording features year round and you know he's kind of like you know keeping the oil on there so he he's he's never getting rusty and 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 that's why i think um drake consistently puts out music in the way that he does and and of course it's not at the subject matter of kendrick but i'm talking about um consistency wise he, he drake doesn't fall off there because he he keeps like collaborating with new and un- upcoming people and all that kendrick doesn't really do that too much and you know right for him because to- because because drake is you know drake is a traditional music artist he's a musician he makes beats like or sorry he doesn't make beats although i don't know does he he, he, he has but, something to do with production. Um, Forty, okay. his producer says, like he helps with production a little bit, but he doesn't like okay. make beats himself. No. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. What, what I mean is, he he's a musician. He's making music. He's consistently putting out, you know, good music, arguably or, or not. But he's a music artist, and he's he's putting out you know radio hits and you know songs that just vibe and feel good and are just dope to listen to. But but but. Uh, um, I'll let you finish your point, but but that's not what Kendrick is doing, right? That's not uh, he, he's not just a music artist. Kendrick is a philosopher. He's a political, social commentator. He's a he's a he's a contemplative person. So he's not making music. He's making like larger than life art. And so to see him come back after five years, and sure, writer's block is horrible, and I've dealt with that. But to see him come back after five years. And not get a masterpiece is just deeply disappointing to me on both a lyrical, musical, and just broader conceptual level. Yeah, and I think it would teach him that he needs to, you know, stay in the studio and and to keep recording and stuff, and 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 you know, so he doesn't get rusty. Because, like you've noted, and I've seen too, like this is not his best work, and I think that 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 writer's block is just really something that really messed with him here but also he just didn't have the the maybe the um he he didn't have that visionary part of him where he's able to pull sonically um and, and inspire people to to go places like he did on um you know to pimp a butterfly or um uh, damn you know where he really tried some things and it was really great to listen to because i went to a um the tour that he did after damn uh and um you know at a concert those beats it sounds amazing um there wasn't too many beats or or songs on this album where i'm like oh i know that would sound amazing in a concert you know so exactly yeah there, there's only for me so far. There's only like four repeats right now in this album, uh, like Savior, Mirror, Father Time. I'm liking uh, and Silent Hill. Yeah, Silent Hill. 
Uh, and then N95, I think, is a banger. It's a trap banger. I love it. I love the, the theme as well. Other than that, to me, maybe one or two more. But that's just like six, seven songs, eight songs max out of 18. That's not a, that's not a good batting average to have eight or yeah. nine songs that are, that are good, that are really amazing to listen to out of 18. Whereas Damn and Good Kid Mad City and T-Pab, the batting average was like, like 90% for me. There was maybe a couple of songs that were not music, musically as beautiful, but like 90% of the songs on there, I totally vibe with, and I'd love to hear live. Here, it's yeah. like, like 50%, 40%, you know, if yeah, you want to put it yeah. that way. Yeah, and that's, that's really not that good. Um, You know, I, I, I liked Auntie Diaries, too. And um, there, was a, there, were a couple, there were a couple more, but I, I, for the most part, like you said, most of the album was not his best work. It, it wasn't polished. It wasn't polished. It wasn't um, lyrically. It wasn't uh, uh, up to par. And I, I, you know, I'm just really looking forward to what his album, uh, his next album, will sound like. You know, and, and I'm not sure if he's like what he's doing for his next album because, you know, his uh, that that message that he did was very cryptic about, you know, this being his last album on top dog but i'm not sure if he if he's gonna like take another long break or you know he's gonna change his name like type of thing or uh, yeah i don't know but all i know is i hope, I hope that the next one he raises the bar and he goes back to like the real in-depth in storytelling and it's less um i don't know uh surface level yeah and i'm just kind of thinking as well what I was hoping and what I didn't get. What I was hoping was uh, when I first opened the lyrics for the album and started listening, I was hoping this would be like T-Pab, Good Kid, Bad City, or Damn, where I'm reading the lyrics and I'm so stunned by the storytelling while I'm listening to it, or even if I'm just reading it, that I'm just just astonished and just marveling at this beautiful storytelling and I'm and I'm trying I'm trying to like it and I'm and I'm reading the lyrics on genius.com and it's just it's inconsistent it's kind of all over the place it's feels unpolished there are a lot of sections where it's him I, I, there was a good example I was thinking of and I it's just lost on me but there's a couple of areas where I think it's like um, some something like very brief and repetitive over and over again like yeah i'm super rich now i'm too attractive now i'm too attractive for you bitch too attractive i'm fasting to it like over and over again which is fine music can be repetitive and that's amazing but it felt so lazy and not musically appealing to me it didn't ring with my ears and it was just like him repeating something kind of in this perfunctory way i think that's kind of the word it feels like he's not reaching his potential he's not trying hard enough which i know sounds like a dick thing to say because he's had writer's block and i i know that but when you set the standards i'm sorry even if you have writer's block like when you set t-pab standards and you're at this point in your life where interesting things are happening to you you're, you're doing therapy, you're doing meditation, you're dealing with infidelity and your wife, you're a family man, you got kids, a lot, a lot of stuff there, you know, like, like Jay-Z's 444, 
you know, dealing with similar themes, infidelities with Beyonce, him being a family man. That album, a beautiful body of work. I, I think it was pretty short. I think it was eight or nine tracks. I think it was just like 40, 45 minutes or something. But that, that album, like every song just hit it. Instrumentally, musically, loved it. He totally just hit a home run for, for, for exactly what he was going through. Like he, Jay-Z in that album, I don't know how close to heart how close to heart that album is for you, Eric, but like that album for Jay-Z, it's not, it's not, it's none of the gangster rap stuff. It's none of the drug dealing rap, but it's, he's playing with what he has. He's a family man. He, he's had some issues with, with uh, relationships with his wife and his kids. And just the lyricism to me was still like nine, was 10 out of 10 still like all these lines that I'm just remembering of, you know, my kids are going to find out about, you know, my infidelities and my drug dealing just like they're going to find out that Santa Claus is fake and the tooth fairy isn't real. Like, like there's just so much beauty in that album that I love. And he's, yeah. he's, he's making lemons out of lemonade, which. Yeah. And to I, me, that's the, yeah. this is one of Jay-Z's best albums. I think, you know, I think it's, it's one of the albums that he always wanted to make, but he was too scared of not getting the commercial success. Um, that, cause you know, he, he said a line a long time ago, saying that he would rap like Talib Kweli or something, but, um, you know, it, it doesn't make money to, to do that. Or, or, or he said something, I think, to the effect of, um, I could rap like Common Sense, but I just made... I just made one million, and I haven't rapped like Common Sense. He says something to that effect. And so so that's usually behind why he doesn't go like the Kendrick Lamar, the Lamar route and go like really deep into storytelling. And even though Jay-Z does do that, you know, he, he does that in spots. Um, but uh, he never did it a whole album where he's just talking about like, something really really personal and 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 i mean of course we could go into that album uh later but like on that album he goes into his mom um being uh, a lesbian or finding out that she she likes women and him accepting that and and that was beautiful so yeah i mean that's what i expected kendrick to do with with this one i expected to know what what went on while he was away like like what what did he dive into and and he kind of talked about it or he'll throw a couple lines out there and and you know the fact that he's reading toll and then he's a reader um that didn't surprise me because he, you know kendrick is obviously a reader from all the stuff that he's referenced in the past but um i, I just wish he went deeper i wish he went a, just so much deeper he he could have but for some reason he didn't and, and that was really disappointing yeah I, I was just re-looking at 444 here i think it's been probably three or four years since i listened to that album i've just downloaded on spotify so i can play it when i drive home today um it's a great fucking album but i was just i just played a couple seconds of a couple of the songs here and like just the the, the vocals on there ly lyrically of course but just instrumentally 444 was beautiful I, I love the music on that album. On the one hand, the the he had a few songs I'm remembering now: 444, Smile, Family Feud, Marcy Me, where there's this beautiful singing in the album, um, which reminds me, like with Kendrick, he has Anna Wise. I don't know if you know that particular name. She's kind of underground, 
Anna Wise has beautiful singing. Do you, do you know who I'm talking about, Eric? Anna Wise from for, for Kendrick Lamar. She has beautiful singing on Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst. and basically. Oh, every, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, every, I'm familiar with her voice, but not her like individual work. Yeah, 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 me neither. I'm not too familiar with her individual work. But she's she provides all of the beautiful singing you can think of from a Kendrick song. I'm trying to think. Uh, these Walls. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, These Walls. Anna Wise is on. She's a lot on Good Kid, Mad City. Beautiful singing. Like, songs I can go back to just because the melodies and the harmonies and the vocals are spectacular, right? Like, musically, Good Kid, Mad City and T-Pab and Dan as well. Musically, it it means so much to me in my heart. I just, I, I feel it in my body when I'm listening to it. You know, it has a special place. Same with 444 that I'm just reminded of, which is thematically and kind of uh, uh, morally, you might say, or, or in terms of um, the kind of metamorphosis of Jay-Z, it's similar to what Kendrick is going through. And Jay-Z produced, a, a, I think, a spectacular body of work on that album. Kendrick didn't do that even on a musical level. Again, like even putting lyrics aside, musically, where are the beautiful vocals on this album? Like there's a couple of spots that are there, but not again, not on Good Kid Mad City or T Pab level. And to make matters worse, the lyrics aren't on par either. It's it's not like you know, the music I immediately was like, like this is not on par. So I was like, there better be some like deep narrative here from like part one to part two that really like ties it together, some like cryptic messaging some like narrative from like song to song something which like we were saying earlier these are still kind of first impressions and something might emerge possibly some like uh, incredible thing that i'm not seeing right now conceptually and lyrically but so far that's where i'm at and i feel like it's not he, he didn't deliver i as of right now i'm feeling kind of like seven out of ten like in terms of he had so much interesting content to work with but musically, it was not up to par. And lyrically, it was really inconsistent all over the place and really uh, disappointing. Wow. Yeah. For me, for I have two different ratings. I have a rating for Kendrick albums. I have a rating for hip-hop albums in general. Um, for Kendrick albums, I would actually put it as a six out of ten and for albums in general like uh, wait, sorry sorry just, just to clarify would you put uh like like what would you rate the other albums like 10 being t-pab i assume good kid mad city damn like for me t-pab is 10 like like roughly like i think t-pab might be the best but like t-pab good kid mad city i would say like 10 out of 10 damn i would put kind of nine out of ten ish you know, that kind of range. This I would put, Mr. Morale, I would put a six out of 10 out of 10 being T-Pab or Good Kid Mad City or, or even Damn, which, which falls a little short, but it's still like a mm -hmm. nine out of 10 for me. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's, it's really hard. Cause like I, I count section 80 in all this as well, even though that's like not technically a studio album. Um, but, um, yeah, I I would say it's probably the worst Kendrick album so far. And um 
Yeah, for me, uh, it's a six, like a high six out of ten um, for Kendrick albums. But for like albums in general and the hip hop genre, to me, it's still way better than, you know, the majority of, of what comes out today, you know, and, and I, I think, you know, that sure, does matter yeah. as well, you know, because like, you know, we obviously have high standards for Kendrick because we know that he can do so, so much better. But one thing we have to keep in mind is like everyone else and then how they release albums and, and, and what that sounds like. So like in, in comparison to everyone else's album, I would give it uh, uh, probably an eight um, out of 10, you know, in comparison to everyone else's album. But for, for a Kendrick album, I would give it a six. That, yeah, that's a really interesting thought. That's super interesting of like what I'm kind of extrapolating from what you said was like, what if Ken, what if this was a fresh artist for the first exactly, time? Exactly. Yeah. Right now? What would that be like? That's a very interesting question. Um, I feel on that question. Okay. Well, what one thought comes to my mind, which it cut, cuts against what you said, but like, it's certainly possible that, yeah, okay, I, I think this is accurate, that there, there's a huge bias in me and for everybody to love this album, right? Like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to love it, and I'm not loving it, right? A lot of the tracks. That wouldn't be there if it was a fresh artist. I would just kind of give up on a lot of these tracks here, like, at, at least musically, you know? Like, I would listen to a lot of these and be like, I'm not, I'm not jiving with this musically. And and that's kind of, for me, like when I listen to new albums, like for me, the music has to be good. First and foremost, it has to be really good. You know, it, there's gotta be at least a few tracks that I love. And then for me, the lyrics are next because this is music, right? Ultimately not to, you know, not to uh, say the lyrics aren't important, but music first and foremost, musically, I'm not feeling this album. So I feel like maybe I wouldn't even like extend and like look at the deeper, like poetic kind of beauty and nuances of this album. Cause I'm not loving the music. The music isn't resonating. So I'm not as much perhaps prone to dig deeper into the themes, the lyrical themes. Whereas right now I know, I know this is Kendrick. I know he's a fucking novelist and a philosopher. So now I'm like, I don't like the songs, but I'm still sort of keeping an open mind and I'm going to look, I'm going to read the lyrics again carefully when I have some time and see if there's a deeper narrative or if there's some like hidden storytelling or some more kind of cryptic themes in the album possibly. So I'm still kind of um, uh, open-minded about how good this album is. Whereas I feel like maybe if it was a different artist, possibly, I would be impressed by the scale of the album because um, it is very ambitious what's being done here. It's a very long album and there's a lot of depth, but I might still be like, like the, the music I'm not jiving with. So, you know, what, what else more is there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's a great question. I don't know. Sorry. You just broke up. Sorry. Uh, can you start again from where you were talking? Oh no no! I was just say I just said that's a great question. I uh, I really don't know. Um, I, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, listen. I think uh, we've expressed some interesting things here. 
these are kind of our cursory thoughts. Uh, we, I think this has been a good conversation. So appreciate for, I appreciate you for being on here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And, uh, I, uh, apologize about my voice. I lost it, uh, on Monday. I got really, really sick and I didn't have a voice on Monday and Tuesday and I just got it back on Wednesday. And, um, so it's still not 100%. It's like 70% back, but yeah, it's, it's really rough, um, this last week. So, but thank you for having me on. Of course, um, I can't wait till we uh, dive deep into other stuff. And um, yeah, this was awesome. Sorry, I just lost you again. Sorry, do you just want to finish off your sentence? You were saying I can't wait for us going deeper into the album. Oh yeah, no, I can't wait for us to go deeper into the album, into other things uh, involving hip hop. You know, um, we, we both love hip hop, so you know, I'm. I'm ready uh whenever you are to you know dive deeper into these uh different albums uh kendrick or not yeah yeah i'm i'm kind of just sad at where the hip-hop scene is at i feel like with kendrick i'm I'm really interested in having these conversations and we'll have more of them but there's just just a a shortage or a uh, poverty of the genre right now. Like Kanye is falling off the rails. His albums are garbage. He's not, he's not even releasing albums. He's releasing demos on weird stem players that I haven't bought because I hated Donda. Uh, so there, there's that. You know, uh, uh, Tyler the Creator is honestly the only hope I have at this point for like making, like 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 for making art, for making music that has a deep not just mu- like musical value and listening value, but lyrical and kind of philosophical thematic value. Tyler, the creator is the only one like flower boy, Igor and call me when you get lost. And, and even the stuff before it, it's all been like home runs after home runs for him. So I, I like, he's the only one I have faith in this point with, with even Kendrick too. Like, like, what, like, like, how do we know what he's doing next? Like, maybe he takes seven years off or something. Maybe he takes three years off. Or, or, I hope or maybe he finally makes a collab album with J. Cole. I'm even afraid that Kendrick, like he says he'd experienced writer's block. I'm afraid that, because, sorry, because I also know he's going into like filmmaking. He's collaborating with the people with the people who made South Park and he's making like a feature film that is actually deals with racial themes, something about a black person who meets a white person and that white individual, their ancestors actually enslaved this black individual's ancestors. So this was a description for this feature film. I don't know if you remember, but he released it through PG Lang, his new uh, multimedia art uh, organization. So I'm... And then that sounds interesting to me what, what that is, but I'm kind of even worried Kendrick might go into like filmmaking, excuse me, and other forms of art and just, and just kind of ditch this rap thing and kind of think that maybe he needs to do something just totally different, which I definitely feel as a creator myself, I feel this itch of like, I want to do something more than writing. I want to like make a TV show on honestly, like I, I even want to make music. I want to kind of go beyond my own genre of of uh, creativity. So I, I don't know if Kendrick is a reliable person to, uh, t- to, to rely on for consistent musical output and um, whether he releases music 
in the future or not. I, I don't know where he goes, but at the very least, he's going to take another few years. And I, I hope if he takes another few years, he delivers a masterpiece because this is really disappointing right now. And and I don't know if you want to just kind of close off on that. Like, what? Like, are, are, do you agree with me on this kind of being a dead genre at this point? Like, like who do we who do we rely on for creating like this high level of art? Like, again, Tyler the Creator, uh, Denzel Curry, I think, is is on that um, track, and I think uh, Vince Staples' his latest album was kind of uh, lukewarm for me. But other than that, I'm not seeing like another rising potential Kendrick or even a rising Tyler the Creator. I'm not seeing who that figure is other than Denzel Curry. I'm not seeing who else to rely on for incredible hip hop music. You know, do you agree with me? Uh, I actually disagree with you on that. And and I would say, I, I, th- I mean, baby Keem, for instance, he isn't like the lyrical guy that you would uh, go to for like deep, deep philosophical topics. But I thought his album was really, really good. And then, um, of course there are the griselda guys like benny the butcher um uh west side gun you know they have very interesting um songs and stuff and they're very lyrical um ransom uh is making a comeback and he's he's really good uh he's from new jersey so like the east coast guys are are really bringing that back but when when you're talking about like musically and lyrically and and someone who's going to be like a kanye or like a kendrick and 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 stuff like that um i think those guys it, it just really depends um on on like how we're setting that up because um there's this guy that's coming out by the name of beam he makes good music but i haven't heard anything from him that was just lyrically like you know like profound to to the point where he you know he'll take you there like a kendrick um uh then there was this one guy i forgot his name his name is like i'm not sure if his name was something skywalker uh but he's he's really really good and fascinating and and he reminds me of like a like a east coast kendrick in a way um i'm not sure musically if he would do what what like like a tyler does and i agree with you tyler is probably like the the one that's really on top like of the genre when when it comes to like consistently putting out great music you know because it doesn't i think tyler drops like every other summer or something like that yep every yeah. every other summer every flower other boy summer. flower boy igor and call me when you get lost I think yeah. like that, like that three album run to me is as good as any other. Yeah, three but album even run. even every even Cherry Bomb and um, you know his older stuff like Woof Woof, that that's the album that that really sold me on him. Like I, I remember when Bastard came out and all that stuff, but Woof to me was when I was like, oh, he's like he's going to be up there with like Kanye and, and all all of those guys. You know? He is. He is. He's yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the only person that I can see that that is also up there, but he doesn't put out music like that, is uh, Childish Gambino. Mm. To me, Childish Gambino before the internet, yep. that album was brilliant, spectacular. Yeah, like if, I listened to that album the uh, the other week, and and to me, that album sounds just as fresh. Like it, it sounded like it came out like last year. 
So I'm gonna download you know, that. I'm gonna download that right now. Thank you. Yeah, I'm please gonna, I'm, do. I'm gonna I'm gonna revisit that and 444. I'm gonna revisit both of those. Please do. Like Charles Gambino's last few projects that he put out, it, it wasn't good. Like it sounds like a bunch of throwaways. I, I but, hated that album with all the numbers in it. I'm like, yeah, the numbers like, in it. Yeah, like what is this? Like what am I listening to? A bunch of demos, basically. I hate. I it was so garbage. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. <laughs> like what are you yeah. doing? Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, but like I would say before the internet and then the album that he came out with after that, um, was sober and, and some other songs that were really great on it. Um, but him, he's another one who's up there with Tyler, who I think he, could really he, do some even things. the even the album Camp, if you remember. Yeah, I just Camp. started listening to it for the first time, by the way, a couple of weeks ago. Camp. Ah, uh, yeah. That 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 is really good. I, I love the musicality. Very similar to uh, before the internet. Uh, was is it before the internet or because of the internet? It, it might be because of the internet. Let me see. Because <laughs> the internet. That's what's yeah. called. Because okay, yeah. the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel but, like that's um, important. That's, I'm sure that's important thematically. Yeah, yeah, probably <laughs> because because of the internet. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that, yeah. That and then sense. and then the Kauai, uh album. That's what it's called. That album was was brilliant as well. So, yeah, like him, um, you know, and and a couple of others to me are are really on top there, and um, you know, if I think ASAP, he he has the the musicality part, but to me, he never resonated with me um, lyrically. Like it, I, it never made me go, oh shoot, like this is like something amazing, you know, Oh, Joey badass is, is about to drop too. And he's another one that I think could be up there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I get that. I think there's a drought, but I wouldn't say that it's, it's dying or, or dead. Um, there's definitely a handful of artists who are really putting in work. And I think, will be the next like Kanye's the next Tyler's and, and those type of cats. It's just, um, it, it's just going to take them some time. Yeah. Yeah. Jo- Joey badass. Hasn't he gone like total woke? I-, I saw a few things from him that was like, what are you doing? Something about white supremacy. Some, I-, I think he created some Netflix show or he was part of some show that was oh, about I have like, no clue. white, do you, there was something, there was a feature film, I think, on Netflix that he directed and acted in that I never saw that was seemed super woke. Maybe I'm a little wrong on that. It's, it was something about slavery <clears throat> in a modern context, and I was maybe. like, what are you doing? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but that's the vibe I got from him. But he's, yeah. he's releasing soon, you said? Yeah, I think he's releasing soon. Um, oh, and another rapper that I think is just phenomenal um, lyrically and musically is um, Joyner Lucas. Um, I, I think, you know, he's one that's just like out of this world lyrically. And, and he really gets into heavy topics and, and controversial topics. You know, um, he, I think, you know, you need to give him a listen if you haven't. And um, <laughs> a controversial figure that I think just has it all to me. Um, musically, lyrically, and everything is uh, Tory Lanez, believe it or not. So Tory Lanez, to me, is one of the most underrated lyrical guys out there, but he actually makes great music. Um, 
I'm not sure if you listened to his album Daystar, where he goes in about like the whole Megan the Stallion situation, but like he goes really deep into it and he's lyrical and he's dissing people. Like he has everything on that album. Like that album is, is one of my favorites by him, but, um, I, I think he's really, really holding it down. Yeah. It, it's phenomenal. He, um, it says he has, he had two albums last year. Who does that? Playboy and Alone at Prom. Yeah, alone, though both of those are singing albums because you know he sings too. Um, but uh, are those the, high quality? Yeah, well, yeah, one hundred percent. I'll put really? I'll put alone at prom up there with uh, Don FM by the week the weekend. It's a very really? similar album. Yeah, where they basically um, alone at prom is basically he he plays on like eighties beats. And, and, and like uses like the same vocals and, and with the reverb and, and everything, a uh, heavy reverb and stuff. And, and he does his basically what an album by Tory Lanez would sound like if he recorded in the eighties. That's what the album is. So interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. I, but, but Tory Lanez, Jordan Lucas, I think those two artists are two that could get to that Kanye Tyler level if they keep releasing rap albums the mm. way that they've been releasing uh, mm-hmm. okay. um, recently. I-, I tried Joyner Lucas at some point. Maybe, maybe I should be more open-minded and try again. But last time I tried Joyner Lucas, I was not that impressed overall. Mm-hmm. I'm looking, he has his album ADHD. Was that high quality from 2020? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like the album. I, I do think that there were too many throwaways and, and that that's what gets in his way. Um, they're just way too many throwaways on, like he puts too many songs on his album, but, um, to and me, he had two albums in 2020, it says evolution and ADHD. Like either that's a lot of fucking filler, two albums in a fucking year or yeah, it is like a he lot really has a lot to say. Does he? Yeah, yeah, you know, it is it is a lot of uh filler and I would say um yeah. ADHD probably has a, a lot more filler than um the other one does, but yeah, they they both have yeah. their their high moments. I just think that if Jordan Lucas were to maybe get with, with a better producer or something, he could, you know, he he could be up there cuz he he doesn't have the ear that Tyler has, for instance. Yeah. Yeah, and I okay. So you're you're a little more optimistic, and and, and maybe I'll I'll check out a couple of those names. Tory Lanez more than Jordan Lucas, though. So yeah, I'll okay, say yeah, check okay, him okay. out more. Tory Lanez, I'll check out. Yeah, okay, but, but other than that, I think we're agreeing when it comes to like genre transcending, genre transforming rappers. Kendrick Lamar has done it. Kanye West has done it with fucking Yeezus. Like, like that's a whole other conversation. Kanye has transformed mm-hmm. rap music forever. Tyler yeah. the Creator is trying like Flower Boy with the melodies on there, gorgeous. You've never seen that in, in hip hop before. Igor's mm-hmm. Tyler singing, and then Call Me When You Get Lost. It's throwback to the gangster rap, but in his own like eccentric weirdo, like like way in his own eccentric way, he's doing that. So he he's consistently put out novel, interesting, and genre transforming music. Like Kanye, like Ken. Sorry, there was another glitch. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Yeah, yeah. We're going to wrap this up in a minute, anyways. But uh, yes, Tyler's transformed the genre. So is Kanye. So is Kendrick, and and a couple of other artists. But I'm not seeing who that is. Any like 
with baby keem album you mentioned i didn't really like that album honestly i, I was i think i was on page with uh anthony fantano i, th- I think i watched his review the, m- musically musically actually i remember the baby keem album there were like four or five cuts on there that i was like whoa the musically this is spectacular but it wasn't met with the lyricism and it I, I don't i don't think it had that consistency for me to think of him as somebody that i should like closely follow but 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 again we're we're agreeing right in terms of the genre transforming people other other than denzel curry for me i'm not seeing the next tyler the creator i'm not seeing the next kanye west or the kendrick lamar would you agree uh as of right now like like that i could think of off the top of my head um, I would agree, but I'm pretty sure if I could go back and, and look at my like playlist and then look at certain artists, I, I'll be able to point out to you like, oh, there's this person and that person, that person could pop possibly go up there and, and, and be that person. But, um, yeah, as of right now, I, I, I would say, um, yeah, there's probably no other person who's active, um, who, who right. fill those shoes. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like somebody you could say could be like that, but as of right now, like we don't have somebody making Wolf or Bastard or making Section 80 or making Graduation, you know, like in, in their own way. Like there's nobody making something like deeply new consistently like Kanye, like Kendrick, like Tyler, other than I think in my view, Denzel Curry, maybe Vince Staples, but I'm not seeing that. And, and, and that's to me really... Uh, disappointing that we don't have somebody who's rising who I can trust on other than Tyler, the creator to put out consistently amazing music. Yeah. It's either, it's either musically like someone has it. Like for instance, I think Travis Scott musically, he's really great. And, and, and the, the beat switches and all that stuff is, is just, it's amazing. But lyrically he doesn't, you know, offer really much. So like that's where he fails, and then there are other people who like lyrically they're, they're great, and and I think they're on the level of a Kendrick and all that, um, you know, like the Griselda guys or um, other people. But like musically, it it's there's nothing great about it. It sounds like a whole bunch of stuff from like the early two thousands or something, you know. So um, yeah, it's really hard to find people who deliver musically and lyrically on the Kendrick Kanye level or Tyler level. So yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, it's, it's really hard to pinpoint right now. And yeah. And like the magic part we're talking about, there's a magic to good kid, mad city. There's a magic to flower boy. There's a magic to Jesus and to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Those are, larger than life pieces of art you know so nobody to me is creating on that level other than again Denta curry for me I, I think he's done that with last couple of records honestly especially his record taboo which is divided to three parts i thought that was brilliant but I, i'm not seeing that and so it, it is deeply disappointing to me and this is why by the way 90 percent of the music i listen to 95 percent especially over the past couple of years has been all uh all uh, indie rock psychedelic pop psychedelic rock kind of dreamy electronic music like mostly instrumental so i'm not 
listening for any lyrical content. And then a lot of the songs I listen to are very instrumental in the kind of alternative rock, alternative pop, indie, dream pop kind of uh, area. That's a lot what I've been listening to the past couple of years and kind of getting obsessed over with that music. That's all about the feelings and the emotions that it evokes and nothing really like thematic or lyrical, like, like none of that stuff. And that, and that's all, like, I, I love that music, but some of that's been just driven from not being fed. I'm not being fed by rappers right now. No one is consistently like delivering for me to, you know, like really pay attention. So that's, it's just I'm really right there with you. I'm right there it's with unfor- you. It's unfortunate that we're uh, at that stage. And one, I think, kind of final thought I have, if you want to respond to, is just like, you know, it is very hard. Like, if you think about writing a rap song, this is just coming to my head as a creative person. Like, how do you write something that's going to be so fucking out of this world and original? Like, even in the topic of, let's say, gang violence in the hood, okay? What are you going to do that's greater or on par to Kendrick or to, to, to like Biggie, Tupac, Jay-Z, like how can you create something at this point in like that black experience, like in that cultural context of, of gang violence within inner city black communities? Like if somebody is trying to be a rapper, how do you create something that's so fucking out of this world from scratch? Like it has, it, it can't just be musically dope. It, it can't just be, it can't just have it can't just have a good vibe to it. It can't just be lyrically interesting at times. Like to to get at that Kendrick, Kanye, Tyler level, it's got to be like like it, it, this is almost kind of like where I feel uh, there's like a higher force here of what, whatever you want to call it the the cosmic mystery they call it in in, in Hinduism or God or something larger that kind of channels through like that's how Kendrick feels. He's like, like God is channeling through me in my music. So like for somebody like like how does somebody be the next Tyler like like that would require so much thorough intricate careful meticulous craftsmanship and an artistic level like how do you create another section 80 who's doing that like you really have to be naturally gifted you have to have like the spirit of god within you you have to have some transcendental creative force working through you to create something. Otherwise you're not going to be at that level. So to me, I'm like, how do you like, like it's just, it's, it's rare to find a Kanye. It's rare to find Kendrick. It's rare to find Tyler. It's rare to find Jay-Z. So I don't know like how many people who maybe feel possibly that the genre has been exhausted. Like, like how do you beat Kendrick? How do you, do a Kanye like how do you do like your own thing anymore at, at this point you know has, has has we have we fully exhausted hip-hop and now there's just other forms of art there's YouTube now there's there's podcasts there's vlogging there's you know maybe you know TV movie like you know maybe hip-hop and that whole scene of, of violence and gang gang violence crime poverty drug dealing like the, that kind of cultural context and then kind of the larger hip hop context in general has been maybe, maybe it's reached its, its conclusion. And now it's kind of, you know, I don't know how that evolves culturally and artistically, but maybe we've reached a conclusion for hip hop 
because I'm again, I'm not seeing anybody on any of that larger than life kind of transcendental level anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I maybe have a more optimistic view about hip hop, hip hop, because I think that hip hop naturally um, goes through its stages of ups and downs and, and stages where, you know, there are only like a handful of people really doing really great things. And then because like, let's say like before Kendrick, um, you know, there there was a long time you know, before Kendrick, Drake, J. Cole, and, and all of those types of people, um, where I remember when 50 Cent was uh, running things and everyone was like, oh, hip-hop is dead because 50 Cent is, like, the top guy, you know, and, and, and not some, like, super lyrical rapper, like Common or something. And then out came Kendrick, out came J. Cole, out came, like, all of these other people, uh, you know, from, from that class, uh, Danny Brown, you know, um, I, I think th there are so many people that have that ability to tap into something greater. Um, or oh, another one that I think we forgot to mention is big crit. I think big crit has the, the potential to come out with a really phenomenal album. Um, when he wants to, um, his past projects are really great, but, um, yeah, I just think that hip hop is going through a, a drought period, but, you know, sooner or later there'll be a couple people come out and there will be that, that next, that next, uh, class that, that will really take things to another level and then we'll see another level to hip hop. You know, I just I, I wish that hip hop would get more fun and, and be about more fun than the trap street stuff, you know, because that to me gets very boring. And I'm here in Atlanta, so, you know, I hear nothing but a whole bunch of little baby clones. And, you know, it, like I love little babies music um, to some degree, but like everyone here sounds like little baby. And I think the radio reflects that. Like, everyone's either sounding like Lil Baby, Lil Uzi, or Playboy Cardi now. And um, there's really not many who are... I think due to the how fickle fans are and, and how they're not willing to sit there and listen to lyrics, um, people are just putting out music just so they can stay relevant. And hopefully there will be someone who puts out a lot of music, but also it's, it's like heavy with content. You know, um, we, we do need more Kendricks, but, um, we also need more Kanye's and we need more Tyler's, you know? And, and I think those types of rap artists will come, will come in time. But right now it's, it's just not the time. <laughs> it just really isn't the time. Mm. I think you've actually restored some optimism for me now for hip hop. I, th I think you're right. That's a good point. Kendrick and Kanye and Tyler, they came at a time where there was some cynicism, kind of like what I expressed people thinking that hip hop is dead because Biggie and Tupac weren't making uh, music and Jay-Z was kind of off the radar. And here we were given this gift of Kendrick Lamar. So, yeah, I mean, there could be more uh, prophetic, visionary 
uh, out of this world, like larger than life artistic visionaries. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, seeing, one more thing. I'm not seeing them now. And, 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 and also I should say quickly with, um, J- Jaden Smith was one person who I was thinking could do that. But to me, he miserably failed, even though nah, musically, yeah. I think musically, uh, Jaden Smith was trying to do what Kanye was doing to the genre and creating these incredible uh, instrumental palettes that were like, it was pop and rock and like uh, indie pop mixed together with rap. I think that was super creative, but lyrically and just conceptually to me, it just fell short and it was oh, yeah. just a, it was just a pseudo Kanye <laughs> project for me, this whole Jaden Smith thing. So yeah. I feel like that was, that was kind of the closest thing we kind of got to a new artistic visionary. I do think there's one important point we need to like really pay attention to, to um, when, when Tyler first came out, he, we didn't expect him to grow into this artist that will make flower boy or Igor or Wolf or anything like that. Like his music was very, it was different, but it wasn't anything mind blowing. Um, same thing for Kanye. When he first came out, um, you know, he had the sampled beats, his stuff. I remember people like comparing them with common, um, you know, he, there was nothing that was crazy that, that you could predict Yeezus or 808s or, um, uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy or anything like that. You know, it, n- nothing really came out. So I think with these newer artists, we really have to just wait and see, you know, after their second and third project, you know, cause not everyone's going to be a Kendrick and drop, drop something amazing on their very first album, you know? Um, but, uh, I think Kendrick is something that's a once in a lifetime thing. Um, you know, but most artists, it takes them a while to get to that, you know, that Igor type album or that flower boy that called me if you get lost. So yeah, I think that's just something that we should keep in mind. Hmm. Okay. That's another good point. Yeah. With Kanye and with Tyler, the creator, we did not expect the incredible artistic evolution that they had. So, okay. I'm, I'm definitely feeling more optimistic, but at the same. Hello. Yeah, you're back. Yeah, I feel like we should close this off now. But I think you're, I think you were spot on with saying that we don't know what to expect, and we could see another Tyler and Kanye. So cool. uh, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you there. Um, thanks for restoring some optimism in me. Appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. And listen, it's it's late now, so I'll let you go. But it was great talking to you. And let's uh, maybe digest. Uh, uh, this Kendrick album more maybe next week or a few weeks from now, once we have a better judgment and analysis of what he's getting at. Sounds good, man. All right. Have a good night. All right. You-